Hello and welcome to the LDS study session with Come Follow Me with your host Matthew Roberts. We are on uh, series 2 episode 14 and we are studying uh, in the Come Follow Me manual today from January the 13th to January the 19th which covers 1st Nephi 8 to 10. Come and partake of the fruit. And we're looking at the section in the personal scripture study entitled The Word of God Leads Me to the Saviour and Helps Me Feel His Love. And this covers first nephi 8 and we are looking at lehi's dream so we're going to try and get through as much as we can today and then continue tomorrow and maybe even uh, on uh, thursday as well uh, because there is just a lot to unpack here so right at the beginning in first nephi chapter 8 verse 1 uh, we kind of see um, a preparation for this dream and in fact you could argue that uh, the verse beforehand uh, is a preparation for this dream as well so when Nephi and his brothers come back from the journey to um, invite Ishmael and his family to join them, obviously we uh, have discussed the, um, the, the sins that uh, Laman and Lemuel had, particularly with the murderous intent to uh, leave their brother behind in the wilderness. Uh, we see that, uh, that when they returned back, they gave thanks unto the Lord their God, and they did offer sacrifice and burnt offerings unto him. And this is different to the sacrifice that Lehi gave when they had escaped into the wilderness uh, initially. Uh, there is burnt offerings included, which uh, in ancient Israelite times was uh, a symbol of atonement or repentance. Uh, and so it could be that part of this is, is around in, in Lehi's mind, that he's had to have them repent as a group because of uh, what had happened on the way back from uh, inviting Ishmael and his family out to them. And then in 8 verse 1, they are gathering seeds, uh, as it were, for a long journey. Uh, and this will have been on his mind as well. Dennis J. and Sandra Packer uh, said this, quote, The gathering of seeds of fruit of every kind prepares our minds with the central symbol of Lehi's dream, the fruit of the tree of life, a fruit desirable above all other fruits. The seeds anticipate Lehi's concern seed and the repetition of every kind, foreshadows the many kinds of people and paths in the dream. The gathering of the seeds also suggests that they were ready for a long journey that would take years, and this was the, therefore the right time for Lehi to receive his historic vision. Close quote. So, obviously his mind is being prepared with um, being concerned for the, the spiritual welfare of his elder sons, Laman and Lemuel, uh, and also he is considering uh, the journey that they're about to take. And then he receives this dream, which is obviously timed well uh, for him to be able to be prepared in the context of where they are at in their journey. So Lehi introduces his vision to his family and begins to explain it. Uh, in verse 5, he, sa he says, And it came to pass that I saw a man, and he was dressed in a white robe, and he came and stood before me. Now, um, there's been some discussion. I've, I've, I've heard some discussion in the past about who this man was or what it might have been, uh, and uh, in October 2008, in a, in a talk called The Ministry of Angels, uh, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland says this, and if Elder Holland says this, then uh, I'm quite inclined to, uh, to accept this for now. Quote, usually such beings are not seen. Sometimes they are, but seen or unseen, they are always near. Sometimes their assignments are very grand and have significance for the whole world. Sometimes the messages are more private. Occasionally, the angelic purpose is to warn, but most often it is to comfort, to provide some form of merciful attention, guidance in difficult times. When in Lehi's dream he found himself in a frightening place, a dark and dreary waste as he described it, he was met by an angel. A man dressed in a white robe, he spake unto me, Lehi said, 
and bade me follow him. Lehi did follow him to safety and ultimately to the path of salvation. Close quote. What I also want to draw attention to is that when the Saviour uh, visits the Nephites in 3rd Nephi 11, there is very similar language uh, that is used. In 3rd Nephi 11 verse 8, it says, And it came to pass as they understood that and ca they cast their eyes up again towards heaven. And behold, they saw a man descending out of heaven, and he was clothed in a white robe, and he came down and stood in the midst of them. Uh, and so this is, I, I, I presume, an angel, uh, but also um, it could be foreshadowing the, the visitation of the saviour or a, a saviour-like uh, individual who would then lead him to salvation, in other words, the tree of life. Um, as he continues on through this dark and dreary waste, uh, he's lost for a number of hours, and he says a space of many hours, and I think that sometimes we forget, you know, because we're not there in that moment, uh, that time uh, is important in this, in this matter, that the fact that he's there for many hours is obviously a very difficult moment for him. Uh, this darkness uh, represents the, the darkness of a world without an atoning, atoning saviour, uh, without the Saviour there, this was, this would be what life would be like. Uh, and so he calls on the Lord to, to have uh, his mercy on him. And I love this again, according to his tender mercies. And we see this phrase, tender mercies, again. So clearly Lehi is very aware of the tender mercies of the Lord, as well as his son Nephi is. Um, he then reaches the, the tree. Now, um, in verse 9, we see... Um, the large and spacious field, which we understand to be the world, um, uh, as a representation of the world, uh, similar to in Matthew 13, verse 38, where the Saviour says in one of his parables of the wheat and the tares, the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. So it's not the first time um, that in, in the standard works, or it's not the only time in the standard works that we see a field being representative as the world. Uh, and then he sees the tree, whose fruit was desirable to make one happy. Uh, in verse 11 it says, And it came to pass that I did go forth and partake of the fruit thereof, and I beheld that it was most sweet above all that I have ever before tasted. Yea, I beheld that the fruit thereof was white to exceed all the whiteness that I had ever seen. Something that's important here is the, the colour of the fruit, white, a symbol of purity. Now, in a no-why, number 10, what other fruit is white? If you go to the to if you just Google Book of Mormon Central No Why Number Ten, uh, you'll find this article, which is very interesting because it talks about the significance of the fruit being white. Now, obviously, to us in our day, uh, this is normal because we have you know particularly as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, we just see this symbol of white fruit and we just you know presume oh well you know that's obviously a good fruit, um, but actually this white fruit is very um, parallel or similar to or, or kind of what was expected in um, in this time i'm just i'm just going to quote from this um, know why it says quote in a 2005 presentation margaret barker a non-mormon but biblical scholar asked the question do the revelations to to joseph smith fit in that context the reign of king zedekiah who was installed as king in jerusalem in 597 bc she then offered a number of examples that in, in her mind affirm the revelation of history in the Book of Mormon to Joseph Smith is not out of character with the world of the ancient Near East. One example offered by Barker is the depiction of the white fruit in Lehi's vision, which parallels in ancient Jewish and Christian beliefs. 
The earlier Christian treatise titled On the Origin of the World includes a description of the paradise, the Garden of Eden, and the Tree of Life. Close quote. She goes on to explain that in this version, the, the, the fruit on this tree is also white. Um, and also she talks about other uh, revelations or other descriptions of revelations which indicate or describe fruit which is white. Um, now, obviously, I'm pretty certain the Prophet Joseph Smith wouldn't have known um, himself uh, about these other religions, these 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 obscure stories from other faiths. Uh, and so the fact that, you know, it, this is just, again, yet again, another uh, evidence that this, this book is a translation, not an authorship uh, from the Prophet Joseph Smith. Uh, in verse 12, uh, we also have uh, a wonderful uh, response by Lehi about this fruit. It says in verse 12, And as I partook of the fruit thereof, it filled my soul with exceedingly great joy. Wherefore I began to be desirous that my family should partake of it also, for I knew that it was desirable above all other fruits. Now I'm not going to go too much into detail about what the fruit um, represents. If you want to hear more about that, please listen to series 2, episode 13, where we talk a bit more in detail about that. But Lehi's response to this fruit is what I'm most uh, impressed with. Marion D. Hanks said this, quote, I conceive this to be the simplest and most understandable of human emotions. That which is beautiful and good and satisfying to the soul is infinitely more so when shared with those we love. I believe this is the foundation of the missionary work of the church, of the primary program, of the genealogical program, and of the servicemen's program, and every other efforts made by the church to lift and inspire and strengthen the individual child of God. Close quote. The fact is, is that if we are truly partaking of the love of uh, blessings of the ordinances that are available, that this fruit represents, then we will want to share with, the, with others. If we don't have this natural inclination, then are we partaking of it fully? Uh, are we really gaining the, the, the full blessings of it? And when I say that, I'm not suggesting that if you want to show that you've really had the blessings or really felt of the love of God, then you will go out and start talking to everyone and knocking on doors. But you'll want, you'll desire others to have this same joy. And in your own way, uh, because a lot of people will not be as uh, confident as others to go out and start talking to everyone about the gospel, you will find ways to share, bless and uplift the lives of others. Um, we are over the 10 minute mark, so I'm just going to introduce the idea of the iron rod. Uh, in verse 19... I mean, obviously, we could talk about the fact that he found Sarai and Nephi and Sam, and he invited them, and they came, and the Laman and the Lemuel, and they did not. Uh, and there's a, there's, we, we might go back and try back over those things. Uh, but obviously, that was indic indicative of Lehi's concern of his children, the Laman and Lemuel, which, which well, began in First Nephi chapter 2. This, this dream really began, uh, the, 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 the seed for this dream began in First Nephi 2 when he speaks to his son Laman and Lemuel and invites them to be as the river of water and the valley, uh, but also at the end of chapter 7 when he, when he offers the burnt offerings, it will have continued there. Uh, but in verse 19 it says, And I beheld a rod of iron, and it extended along the bank of the river which led to the tree by which I stood. Now, again, interesting phrase here, rod of iron. We actually don't see the phrase iron rod, just like we don't see the phrase um, brass plates um, at all in the Book of Mormon, but we see the phrase rod of iron. Again, very um, similar or, well, it, it shows phraseology from ancient Hebrew and Egyptian um, language at that time. 
And speaking of Egyptian language, if you listen to the interpreter, they brought up an interesting point, which I've yet to research further. But the word for rod in Egyptian, ancient Egyptian, was very similar or the same to the word to the word word. So the fact that rod and word were very close or the same in, in what word they used in ancient Egypt uh, is fascinating when you consider the um, analogy or the meaning behind the rod of iron, which of course is the word of God. Uh, I am going to leave it there because uh, we are well over the time. But if there's anything you've been studying, I'd love to hear it at mattsroberts90 or email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening and until we meet again.